when turbulence hits, you have really two choices. You can either do something about it or you don't do anything about it. And that tends to be the story with franchising. We'll get into it coming up next. So in 2008, and I've I've used this example before, but Marco's Pizza goes from a relatively unknown company to uh, one of the leaders in the pizza space. And if you look at what they did during that time is they decided to spend a significant amount of resources on franchise development, taking what they wanted from a business standpoint and getting the message out there. Now, I don't hear as much about Marco's Pizza today. Uh, from a franchise standpoint, but I have a feeling it's because they don't need to create any more buzz. They built a a universe of franchisees who are expanding within their system. Therefore, any development goal that they can ever ever desire is now on uh, autopilot. And so, Charles, when you and I were talking uh, very early on on COVID, and I'm sure we could find the video, uh, I drew out a map of what I predicted was going to happen in COVID with uh, our business. And it was a horseshoe and it started and it went down, 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 down. We were going to dip because everybody was tightening up their their spend and then we come out and then about about a year and I put a year and one month beyond COVID, beyond April of 21, our business would actually have surpassed where we were in March of 2020. We were going to go down, but we, we had to weather the storm to get to the other side. And I said, we have some very specific decisions that we have to make during that time. Do we go get more staff? Do we invest heavier in our tech? And do we set up our platform for growth? Which is, you know, during that time we launched launched this and uh, it helped from a buzz standpoint. So I frame that to say, I think we're going through a very similar period right now. And I can see it with a lot of businesses that are scaling back their budgets. As we hit Q4, they're saying, well, wait a second, we don't wanna be spending. And I think in my, from my standpoint, the mistake of pumping the brakes when you feel like it's going to rain a little bit is that the buyer journey in what you sell, what I sell, and what a franchisor sells is not, I bought a pay-per-click ad and I got a deal. It is a journey. Like there's various things that happen. So you scale back your spend you don't spend that time wisely to reposition your brand and you come out on the other side of this and you're you're frustrated because you didn't have the growth that you expected, but you didn't look at the life cycle of your candidate and you become disappointed. So I say that because and I, I, I want to hear your opinion on this, but I think brands that scale back in times of turbulence, um, unfortunately stunt their growth later on so I, I i think it depends on what the turbulence is right if it's if it's just a cyclical downturn then i think it's a bad idea right to pull back and and um and to sort of go off course if it's a seismic event well a pause is may not be a bad thing to just evaluate what's going on and not to withdraw from the market, but recalibrate the messaging, the focus, and what's going on. Because I think, look, disruption, economic disruption, um, 
it's all energy and opportunity, right? So disruption is an opportunity. Economic challenge is an opportunity. And, and the key for all of us as business leaders is to have the right capital, team, culture, and backup plan in place to take care of the, uh, the uh, challenge, right? And we learned this with COVID. I, I, it's such an eye-opening experience for all of us. So on the one hand, Nick, if it's general cyclical, hey, downturn and frustration with sales, then no, you don't take your foot off the accelerator. You do monitor and evaluate like what's working and what's going on. But I, you know, the question is what's ahead, right? Fed raises rates some more. Are we in for a system shock coming up? And I think, you know, it's like when you expect something it doesn't happen, I would bet the majority of analysts are expecting that systemic shock. And so the question is, how do you react to that? Well, shouldn't, if, the, if that shock is occurring, shouldn't franchisors as they figure out what their game plan is for 2023 also apply that shock to their goals and so what happens is let's say your goal was 10 this year and you're looking at 23 and you're like we're going to do 20. now what happens beyond that is you say okay you're going to double the budget no we're actually going to have less money to spend um are you going to increase the the depth of the team for more resources no we're actually thinking about scaling backwards a little bit and what about the consumer are the consumers spending more now well no we're planning to be flat and so that shock what what i think is is detrimental to franchise development is that shock that you just explained doesn't happen back to the goal setting which when you have unrealistic goals it causes turbulence with your team and turbulence with your team yeah. causes them to look at other opportunities yeah, so let's assume there's a sizable uh, challenge coming. Although, you know, I, I guess some people get upset when we say that in the franchise world. Um, the lesson learned for me and one that I reflect on more and more is the strength of an organization comes from the internal team, team and culture, right? And so franchisors, it's internal team, culture and franchisees. And you've said this a thousand times about building a scaffolding around your franchisees. And that, that to me, from all of our conversations during FranX, that point that you raised for me was the most valuable. And so I think the brands have been, been building and continue to build the scaffolding around franchisees. They're going to, they're going to thrive during this next challenge. And if they haven't, if you're inclined to pull back on your spend right now, do it with the mindset of just recalibrating your approach. Totally. I wouldn't withdraw funds from my friend Dev, but maybe I would be uh, rewarding and moving up, you know, team members that meet culture and the challenge ahead mindset, right? I'd be preparing mindset, culture, franchisee support, and using your Marco's example, I don't care what the challenge is. Um, I would keep spending those development dollars for seeding the market because we know there's going to be at least a light at the end of that tunnel. So I, I just think it's about recalibrating. And I think now's a great time to shake things up and say, you know what, let's 
reevaluate everything and adjust how we're approaching this. I like the word recalibrate. We're, we're assessing a brand right now. It's a legacy brand. And they told me what their development goal is. Now this development goal that they have, they haven't hit this goal in 20 years. So they came out with this new goal. The, our new goal is this. And I said, why? They said, I mean, they waver a little bit. I go, is it because you're, you want to prepare for a sale? I said, well, yeah. I said, okay. So you could definitely go get this goal that hasn't been achieved in years, which is going to have to, you're going to have to deploy a lot of financial resources to make that happen. Or you pause and say, how do we achieve the same financial increase across our existing franchisees? I said, you might not go down that path. But if you look at, if we could just increase our franchisees unit level economics by hundred bucks a week times all of your units, you could achieve the same amount of revenue in royalty by just that simple change. Your franchisees are happier because their sales are going up and your EBITDA gets the exact same spot. And so I think like, I think about the broker network uh, quite often the call like with a candidate uh, for our company goes like this, trying to get organic going. I'm tired of paying the franchise brokers. And I, I can look at that. I understand why franchise brokers tend not to do much in exchange for a deal in, in a lot of cases. Um, but it's not cash out of pocket. And when you look at what the deal value is of those deals, it creates enterprise value back to your business that when you go to exit is significantly strong. And so if you're going to recalibrate, maybe you also recalibrate some of your focus back to the broker community, knowing that that's not going to impact your, your cash position because it's a reactive spend for the most part. You have to pay some a little bit of money to be in those networks. And now what you just said about recalibrating your staff, now you take someone and you say, your job is to go build relationship with these brokers, show them how we can sell this brand. So that's a, that's an, another way to recalibrate it. Like you can still get to, you still get to go. You just take a different route there to get to the exact same spot, you know? Well, I, I, and then let, let, let's think about, right? So the, they don't see the work that the broker is doing, but setting that aside, which is substantial, the broker is building that relationship, right, with the candidate. So I would challenge these the franchisors that we could go deeper, right? Turns out the opportunity for all of us, the big idea is to already do what we've been doing that's worked, but just go deeper. So, so what I would challenge is every franchisor that has a recruitment process that looks almost identical to each other, right? In one form or another, the process, why not go even deeper, right? Why not learn a lesson from the really good FSOs out there and the really good franchise brokers out there and, and build deeper and, and more vertically into your, your process? Right. I think the opportunities there. Right. When, and your, I, and when, your, when your business gets turbulent, 
call it a small patch or big patch, whatever it is, do you tend to freeze up or do you tend to say, what's our opportunity? Well, if you, if you don't plan ahead, naturally you freeze up. You have no procedures or plan in place, right? It's like, um, I act as if we are going to hit turbulence. And so my plan is to really lean in on our team and our culture and do exactly what the advice you gave, which was build scaffolding around our clients. I mean, before we started this live stream, I was, we were talking about Fran X and providing more support to brands and more right opportunities for them. I think that's gonna be the pathway for us. And we're already having those conversations internally, or at least certainly in my mind, um, but in our level 10 meetings, uh, we need to start digging deeper. And, and so even the advice I just gave for franchisors, we're a franchise law firm. Okay, I, I believe we do things differently and give extra value, but now let's just flip it completely and go even deeper. And that's where I, I need to, that's where I'm trying to challenge our own internal team to really redefine what we're doing. And I think franchisors can do that. Like, let's stop being lazy with the Fran dev. Like, I, I know you want a ton more, but you know, a lot of, all of us, we get lazy and we're treating the process and it's some static process that's, you know, the formula has been set and now we need to follow it for the next 30 years. I was talking to one of our uh, mutual clients, uh, new, new franchisor, and I said, what was your goal for this year? He goes, I was hoping we'd get to like 10 this year and 25 next year. I said, and where are you at? He goes, zero. I said, cool. So what's your goal for next year? He goes, 25. I said, okay. Um, I said, how are you feeling about your budget? He's like, ugh, we're going to have to tighten it up. I said, let me get this straight. You haven't even sold one. And you want 25 next year? Well, yeah. And you're not going to spend more money to create more exposure, to create more buzz, to get in front of anybody? Well, yeah. And I said, I said, I'm going to give you a piece of advice and you don't have to take it if you don't want. I said, go, go, go sell one. Make your goal to sell one. And then when you get one, you make your goal to sell another one. And then you make your goal to sell two. And then you make your goal to sell four. And then you make your goal to sell eight. And now all of a sudden you have 16 locations and you focused on winning the next one versus setting this goal. Yeah, I said, you won't hit it. And if I evaluate their business, like not a good consumer positioning, good business model. Um, anyway, the, the point is like, I mean, everybody's goal setting right now for next year. Yeah, I, look, we, I, I guess we're gonna have more visibility after your election, but- um, It's another thing I had before. What's that? I mean, that, that, that's, another, that's a great another reality. We're gonna have 23, which is gonna be turbulence from an economy standpoint, which I do think is great for franchising, those that push it down. Then 24 like tends to be turbulent period because in election years, people 
sit on the sidelines longer because they're concerned of who could be in office. Yet, if you go back in the history of time, whoever's in office doesn't affect much. But that's just the way the people are afraid. Yeah, so I, look, full circle. I Look, and I, I also think the generational shift is is happening, right, with, you know, what's millennials and boomers and all this other stuff. So I, I, there's definitely opportunity. Um, I would for sure, we are going to have challenges next year. I, in fact, I, one of the vendors that does work for our team, you know, it's sad. I had to reach out to them today and say, hey, it's now X number of months. Let's reassess and evaluate results and see if there's opportunity, any, you know, any issues we need to address. I think now's the perfect time to have team meetings and evaluate what if we have economic situation A and what if we have economic situation B. To your point, Nick, when those events occur, you don't freeze up because you know what the plan is for A, you know what the plan is for B, your team is in motion, and then you create your Marcos uh, moments. Create your Marcos moments. Yeah, I, my 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 advice is, and I've I've been saying this all year: stockpile the cash, get ready to spend, and when things dip down, get ready to to go crazy, um, because that's where I'm telling you. And tell you right now, uh, insight one is spend across our brands is starting to go like this, and it it's somewhat normal in the Q in Q four for it to coast down, uh, because people I don't think market well. And reality is when people are at home with their families on Thanksgiving, I would spend money to paint the picture of what it looks like to be in your brand at next Thanksgiving, where you don't have to worry about going to work on Monday. You own the business on Monday. Like, but nobody's putting those folks in their, in uh, showing, painting the picture of what it could look like. Uh, and they're scaling back their budget. Okay. Well, what's the opening then? In today's world, every franchisor competes against every franchisor for qualified and ready to buy candidates. You can say that we only want someone who's passionate about senior care. No. If you look at the franchisees that come into senior care, it's someone that was passionate about business. Everybody that's a franchisee is passionate about business. You're all competing against each other for these candidates. That's why the brokers have done a great job of saying, let's, you know, let's, Let's, let's get to them first, and then we can coach them into whatever opportunity pays us the most. Take these insights. You want to win. You want to set up next year. Don't scale back your spending in the next three months. Recalibrate, for sure. I agree 100%. And Charles has said this a billion times. If you go on your website, there's no video, and this is where I'm going to agree with, with Charles. There's no video that shows what a day in life is going to look like. There's no vision video. There's no like how we support you video. There's no how our product stands out video. There's nothing that jazzes you up video. Okay, there's five, not not 400 that Charles wants you to have. But go, go say, screw it. Let's stop spending aggressively on, on our ads. Let's recalibrate and spend a portion of that on our video creation so that we have some assets that we can go buy ads against next year, you know? Well, that, that's where 1851 does a good job because you have those renewable assets. Um, yeah, just adding one other thing to that, right? And this is something we're going to do with our team, which is we're going to, at our next level 10, I, I want to sit down and ask everyone to write down what does our brand stand for? 
Yeah. Right. Like start at that basic level. I think you're going to uncover a bunch of things. Um, and I think you'll find the opportunity as you wrestle with the purpose of your brand and, and really what you stand for, which leads into everything else, mission and vision. I would, I would add one more piece to that. You just said you're going to challenge our team to write down what our brand means, right? Mm -hmm. I would challenge you to write down what they mean to your brand. Like, oh, for sure. I think that's great. I'm actually writing notes right now. It's your using your Blackberry. It's the, <laughs> it's the Steve Eagleman special. If you've made it this far into this episode, the key word of today's episode is Stephen Beagleman. <laughs> we'll see if we watch it. All right, that's for our next.